0: This is the second edition of the About IBD podcast, and this time I've got three lovely women. We all got together in a hotel room and talked. I want to give you everyone's handles so that you can find them after you listen to the show. We have Jamie Weinstein, who blogs at prettyrottenguts.tumblr.com, and you can find her at Twitter at JamieEditor, but you have to spell her name right. Jamie is J-A-I-M-E. We also have Brooke Abbott, who is the Crazy Creole Mommy, and she blogs at crazycreolemommy.com, and you can find her on Twitter at C-R-Z-Y Creole Mommy. And last but not least, we have my good friend Christy Stone, otherwise known as Crony Baloney, and she blogs at IBD.com, and you can find her on Twitter at crony baloney in this edition we talk about the time that you had to tell a partner about your IBD or in some cases kind of didn't tell them about IBD until stuff happened anyway it's a great edition. I know you're gonna enjoy it and away we go and today we're gonna talk about a time when you had to tell somebody you were involved with, that you had IBD. Which, it's not not an easy thing to do, obviously. Um, I actually avoided it a couple of times, spectacularly avoided it, and just sort of like broke up with people, Um, and let it go until I finally met my husband, and then I actually did physically sit down and like actually tell him, and it was fine, and it all worked out. But I have three ladies here with me. We're all in different phases of their life, different phases of their disease, and have had very different experiences on this score. And so I think I first want to hear from Jamie about a time when you had to tell someone about your IBD.
1: So since my diagnosis, um, which was in 2005, I've dated quite a few people because we're now in 2017 and I'm still not married, which much is is to the detriment of my tiny cousin who just wants to know when I'm going to effing get married. That being said, um, throughout relationships that I've had since diagnosis, I've always been upfront because I've always feared the fact that I might be doing okay right now, and okay is a relative term to how I was doing at that time, but if I ever hit a bad spell of health, were they the type of person who was going to stick around? And so I felt that honesty was going to be the best policy because if you tell someone that you have this chronic disease and you don't know what the future holds, but right now you're doing pretty well. so awesome. And they're like, hmm, I don't think I want to invest time in in you. Cool. There's the door. Bye-bye. So I've, I've been pretty honest with the people that I've dated in this time. And I would say that 90% of the gentlemen who I did date, once I told them I had Crohn's disease, actually hit the internet and started looking things up, which is good and it's bad, but they also were smart enough to say, okay, so I've read this online. What does this mean? Is this true? And then most of the time I would have to do some information correction. Um, so, you know, it, it worked out, but then I also had the, uh, the overly sensitive gentleman caller who wanted to go above and beyond for everything. So when I came over to his house to watch a movie, there was, Water. There was vitamin water. There was Sprite. There was no more Diet Coke in his house because he read that Diet Coke was bad for people with GI disease. Mm -hmm. I really like Diet Coke. So that made me sad when he said that because did that mean that I was going to have to fight him on this if I got Diet Coke when we went out? So there were were a lot of things that I felt like, OK, he knows too much, but not the right things. And this could get complicated. Luckily, we broke up. So
0: <laughs> the
1: relationship that I'm in now is closing in on three years, and we dated quite a few years ago, and it never came up because we weren't together long enough for me to feel like this was a conversation that needed to be had, but when we did get back together, my health was obviously in a different state than it ever was before, and I've, I was quite ill. I was doing better than I was the year before, but I've been in this current flare since 2012, So when we met in 2000, or remet in 2014, I told him up front, I am not working right now, I am able to freelance, I'm on disability, I don't know when I'm gonna be able to get my life back together. The beautiful house that you once visited is no longer mine, I had to give it up, and I live at home with my parents, so I hope you like old people. And um, his response to me was, everybody has their thing. And his thing happens to be that his mother is disabled and he takes care of her. So I picked a good egg. So when
0: you were dating people, was this, how far along did you get with people before you decided that they needed you know, to know, basically? First date, fifth date, did you feel them out beforehand and see how it went?
1: Most of the time uh, before I would actually agree to go on a, an official date with someone, I wanted to get to know them because I wanted to know their character. So I friend zoned a lot of, of dudes back mm-hmm. in the day. And very rarely did I pull them out of the friend zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I feel
0: like dating has evolved.
1: It, it totally and is.
0: It's, it's not, you know, even when I was younger and dating, yeah, it wasn't that a man called you up and then he came to your house and he picked you up and this was a date. Uh-huh. Uh, you usually met through mutual friends, things yes. like that, and then it just sort of went from there and then you all kind of look at each other one day and go, are we dating? Like, is, is this happening right now? Yeah. So it almost makes it a little bit more difficult to like sort of sit down and have that conversation. It does,
1: at, and especially when online dating comes into play because, yeah, yeah. I mean, who, who in this day and age really hasn't done online dating? And so at one point, I had in my profile, straight up, I have Crohn's disease, and I would put it somewhere, and I would be creative with it. And if they actually messaged me back regarding the Crohn's disease, then I knew that they read my profile, and they were still interested in getting to know me. And then I felt like, okay, due diligence has has been performed. Right.
0: You've done what you needed Mm -hmm. to do. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like you can ever sort of adequately prepare someone for the things that could happen, unless they've been through it with a family member, for instance. But at least then you know, like you said, you did. Mm-hmm. You know, you put it out there, you made it known. So there yeah. it is. Here I am in all my glory, and Crohn's disease comes with it.
1: Yeah, my IBD doesn't define me. It's mm-hmm. usually it's a small part of my life. Yeah, it happened to take up a larger chunk of life over the last few years, right. but also the advocacy work that I've been doing plays into it. So it was also a good icebreaker to say this. You right. know, when I travel so much. It's not because I'm super healthy and I'm going on vacation. Yeah. I'm doing this work to help others with the same issue. And that was also a good way for me to segue into to telling Matt about this. But going back to what you said, how dating has evolved, at one point I, was, I thought I was dating one for six months, and then we were at a bar with a bunch of friends one day, and this woman comes on over, and she's like, are you guys together? And he says, we're just hanging out. Mm news to me Mm -hmm. and end of him yeah
0: because I remember you know at certain points in relationships especially when you're in college and Mm -hmm. things were on the spectrum of you know there were men that would be like would you like to go on a date yeah and then there were just like you know dorm room hookups and it was like you know everything was in between I do remember that there was a couple of times where it was like you finally, and usually, actually, it was usually another woman that would say, are you guys exclusive or, you know, yeah. and then you'd look at each other and go, oh man, like w- we haven't even figured this out. And then you'd sort of be forced into that situation and have to make those decisions. Yep. So.
1: And I value myself. So you can't say that we're together to a complete stranger, let alone the people that we're out with. Right. There's a problem and right. bye-bye. That's,
0: yeah. That's a big issue. That's like a whole other podcast we can do. For real. So, Brooke. Yes. You were married, right? At the time. No. When? You weren't married. No.
2: No. Not, no. Okay. No. Not
0: yet. So what was happening?
2: We were dating. You were dating? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just diagnosed. Okay. I was recently diagnosed. Uh, I was diagnosed in February. I met him in June in May, June, and, uh, and I did not know enough about the disease to say, hey, I've got this and this is what it's going to be like and this is what I've, what I've been experiencing and it's going to be okay. Um, I knew that I was taking these pills and that uh, in my mind if I took these pills then I wouldn't get sick, so I didn't really need to explain it. I also mm-hmm. worked in Hollywood at the time, so I didn't know who knew who and who knew what, so I wasn't going to give any uh, information up freely. Um, it wasn't until we got serious around, because um, we, we started dating, then we stopped dating, and then we started dating again, mm-hmm. uh, very, very briefly. Um, in October, um, I started feeling sick and uh, he was over at the house, actually, and I was always tired. Like, I was just always falling asleep. And he said to me, I always come over here to watch a movie with you and you fall asleep. Mm -hmm. What is the deal? Am I boring? And I was like, no, I'm just really tired. I think it's my disease. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and I was like, it's not that kind of disease. (laughs) You can't catch it. Mm -hmm. And I I told him that I had ulcerative colitis. He didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. And really, neither did I. Who does? Yeah. Yeah, and I just said, You know, this is so terrible to say, but this is what I knew of. I was like, I just, I go to the bathroom a lot. Sometimes I bleed, sometimes I don't. It it hurts when I go to the bathroom. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Hindsight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We should have been more proactive in finding out about my disease because, you know, within a year we were talking about children and then we had a child and then I was extremely sick and then sicker and then sicker and sicker and sicker. And um, you know, he didn't know how to explain it to his friends. Mm -hmm. And because we didn't know exactly what the disease was, it became embarrassing to tell your friends Mm -hmm. because nobody wants to tell their frat brothers that, you know, their ladies stuck in the bathroom for an hour yeah. because she can't handle her margarita. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where his, his mindset was. That's what he thought was going on, that I was going out too much or that I was maybe eating the wrong food. And I thought the same thing mm-hmm. um, because I just didn't have the information. Mm-hmm. And I was too sick at that time to really do my due diligence and figure it out. Um, plus I had a newborn and it was just all too much. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting, but now I'm single (laughs) and, uh, now everybody knows that I have this disease Mm -hmm. because I'm very vocal about it and, um, I had been seeing someone recently, um, for a few months and I met him because I was so vocal. Mm -hmm. Um, he does not have IBD. Mm -hmm. Uh, He does not know very much about IBD, um. But he, <laughs> he uh, right bef- like right when we decided that we were gonna start kind of dating he um, he said so you never really told me what you had it's like what huh yeah don't you you don't, don't read you my know? blog like you no, no. don't he's like no Does I'm just know? he's mm-hmm. like I want to get the speech what what's the speech that you <gasps> gave everybody else I want the oh, speech too oh. I'm like ah uh, I have. IBD, oh my and I'm not ashamed. He's like, Yeah, that's what I wanted. <laughs> that was the speech I wanted. <laughs> so, you know, it was nice to have someone who uh, was not familiar but was um, willing to be open about it and would joke about it and ask questions and want to know more about it um, instead of being so scared of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that my son's father was so concerned um, because that was the rest of our lives Mm -hmm. Um, and because when we first started dating I didn't know a lot about it I gave him the impression that this was something that I could control myself and that it really wasn't that big of a deal so when it became a big deal it was like what are you doing why are you doing this why are you doing this to us what's going on how do we fix it um, plus, you know, we were we were young and we had a baby. And that was like, that was a lot to deal with, you know? That was a lot, so. Um, f- dating with IBD now is a lot better because it's, I, I understand it and it's more empowering and I don't feel scared and I don't, I think, having had someone leave me because of my IBD Mm -hmm. changed my perspective on people Mm -hmm. and dating. And I think that um, I value relationships and friendships more than I did before. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Agree. The ones that you have that you know, the people that are with you now, have been with you through the worst. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, Yeah,
0: right.
2: And most people I know were diagnosed years before they ever met someone. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know that they were going to marry. Yes.
0: So. Right, but. Or they were
2: diagnosed after they were married. Yes. And they went through it together.
0: Right. Um,
2: Or not. Or not. Right. Right.
0: But I. But um, I understand. I empathize with your experience because I also felt the same, in that. I just take this medication, it's not such a big deal, and moving on, la la la, la I just have to make sure I don't get colon cancer. And that right. was kind of how it was, not really ever truly realizing how bad it could get. So it wasn't a purposeful minimalization of it. It yeah. was that it just literally had no conception. Had,
2: no, and when they actually gave me the J-Pouch, uh, well, the surgical option, um, the first thing my son's father said to me, This was after, like, this was months after. Um, He said, why didn't you get that? Why didn't you get that when we were together? Why didn't you, you said that you had to wait till you were 40 and I'm like, that's because that's what I was told. That around the time that I was 40, I would probably have my colon removed. Or it's a good idea to do that because of colon cancer. Had I known that this was an option before, it would have happened immediately because I was that sick. Because I, I would have known that that the options were kind of minimal and things were happening really fast and i didn't realize how sick i was because i didn't know what was happening to me
0: no because um, it's
2: insidious yeah and yeah so i don't know the, the whole dating with the j pouch thing um whew, it's interesting mm-hmm. it is really interesting because i i'm from l.a So everybody's, like, health conscious, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when I walk in, and we're on the date, and they're all like, oh, I'm going to have the... you know, vegan quinoa and blah 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 blah, and I'm like, can I have
0: my white rice, please? I know, right? I know.
2: <laughs> and my white bread I'm and carve it up. Yeah, I'm just gonna carve, carve it I'm up. And i like because I'm
0: running a marathon tomorrow. Right. Yeah, that's what's happening. Well, yeah. yeah,
2: and so I and I do I actually do try to explain that. Yeah. To people, like yeah. my body is running a marathon inside, yeah. and I need all the salt and energy I can possibly get. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um, and the kale is right out. <laughs> I can't oh, do the kale
2: salad with the extra quinoa and all the raw beets in the world. No, like I can't, can't do it. Quinoa no. Is, I okay. can't oh quinoa <laughs> is the devil. It is the devil. And the brown rice on top of the quinoa. Like yeah. that I can't personally I can't do we it. You can't eat No. So it's it's a little um it's a little interesting and it's, I don't know. I guess maybe my advocacy has kind of freed me up because I don't feel like a prisoner of my disease. When, sure, yes. when I was working in Hollywood and I was dating and I felt like I couldn't tell anybody, it felt I felt trapped like yeah now everybody's like oh yeah oh and they google you know, you know you go you meet up hey hi how you doing you're cute oh yeah can I have your number sure no problem and you talk and oh let me get your name and then of course as soon as you turn around they google you, google you. <laughs> and as soon as they google me it's like yeah, crazy fine, creole you. mom she's got a kid and no colon <laughs> way to go <laughs> we won the lottery and now
0: you have green hair so and now I have yes. green hair
2: it's teal actually teal. it's got a little Sorry. blue highlights Sorry. You know, a lot of people
0: tell me I have red hair, and I'm like, oh, it's purple, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Color correct. Yeah, well, you know, we suffer for it, so let's get it right, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then, now, Christy, you were married.
3: Right, so I've been messaging my husband throughout this because uh, my recollection, uh, it can always use a little help, and I wanted to, when I spoke, to make it as accurate as possible representing both of our experiences. Um, I was 17 and had, uh, at the time I had been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and um, had a J-pouch placement. And at the time that I met my husband, I had only just brand and new, had that reversed. And back in the olden days, I'm talking 1994, is back when they told you that was it you're done you're better bye yes, you no medication no further monitoring of a disease process you were cured mm-hmm. so um i was finally healthy enough to have my first job and um, that's where i met my husband so um i i was messaging him like you know i think when i decided he was neat and he decided i was neat i my bit my the soonest recollection of any kind of disclosure about anything because in my mind that door was shut and I was moving forward was like when we were fooling around and he saw my scars and I Mm. tried to explain my scars to him. Yeah. And, and then he was cool with that. He's like, yeah, neat. Mm. Oh my gosh, you just like brought back memories of that. Oh my gosh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> Somebody's seeing your
0: scars and you never telling them anything and all of a sudden they saw your scars Ooh. and... Yeah. Right, because yeah. in my
3: mind I didn't have a disease. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that was really um, a thing I believed and I had no reason not to believe that. Mm-hmm. And so we'd been dating for a period of time and I didn't realize I was as sick as, sick as I was and he didn't either. And it wasn't worth mentioning really until um, I fainted or I passed out in my apartment that I had at the time. Mm -hmm. And I ended up in the hospital for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And so from then, it's kind of like, well, maybe this is just a thing, it's a side effect of surgery, but we never really ever talked about it being a continuation of a disease process. Mm -hmm. Until um, we didn't know how far deep we were in until after I'd had my daughter. We went through infertility issues, never thought that was related. We went through like tons of hospitalizations, surgeries between, you know, to open up strictures because um, the rectal anal area had to be redone and that was closing in Mm -hmm. and still, you know, this is just part of managing side effects from the Surgery. surgery. So when I had my daughter, um, that that pregnancy was exciting, and we still didn't realize how bad it was until um, that fistula,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and then um, all the complications that went along with that. Then I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and um, here I was three mo- My daughter was three months old, and I had surgery for my ostomy again, or. Um, a second ostomy surgery and then um, and I had that for a year and that they went you're really sick you have been for a long time I suspect this has been going on all along you mm-hmm. were misdiagnosed mm-hmm. and um, it was a matter of we were both in it in the deep end together real fast mm-hmm. uh, um, my husband and I managed that in different ways I went back into heads down let's do this mode because at that time when you went I fully switched from being a person who lived largely for themselves which you do before you have kids yes. and then once you have a child you life is a lot not having anything to do with you yeah and so I was a dragon they were offering me Remicade back then um, the, this, they could have worked on their salesmanship because my answer was a resounding no. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because back then also, th- they don't have the studies maybe that they have yeah. now.
0: What year was that then?
3: Grace was born in 2005. Okay. So um, there was an issue with, can you breastfeed? Yeah. Is it, you know, all this oh. questions going on back in the elder years, mm-hmm. <laughs> we mm-hmm. know more now. And, um, and I had said, no, um, looking back, I would have done differently. Um, uh, so I ended up on a different medication and, um, stayed on it for as long as I physically could. But the, the issues were that my health consequences were severe and, um, longstanding and it was something I had to do with him, um, Mm -hmm. He realized how bad it was um, only really when talking to co workers mm-hmm. who happened to describe their situation. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I think I know what's, you know. So, in stages, um, it was a tricky thing for him. But at first, I was a dumb kid. Yeah. And I thought he was cute and he was dumb right with me. Yeah. And it was the first inkling of showing him anything was. Um, scars, Right. Which we thought was a done deal. Yeah. And so You thought
0: you were going to yeah. be fine not knowing. I had no idea. Obviously not knowing that you had Crohn's, that you were misdiagnosed.
3: It was, uh, we had no idea how slippery it was and that it would sneak into every single crack in our life. Yeah. We can look at every major point in our life and our marriage together and Crohn's disease plays a part in it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I'd like to say that we would still be together, but I don't know that he, knowing all the, because it's been hard on him, Mm -hmm. and he's gone through hard things that I, being heads down about it, and then I complete that task, and then I move forward, Um, I don't know that anyone just sight unseen will meet someone and go, yeah, I'm all about that. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, I'm on board with this horrible thing that's to happen, and I think uh, I think most people, those of us that are the 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 six quote unquote sixth spouse, um, like uh, we wouldn't want it to be reversed. Like being the right. well spouse
3: is so way helpless. worse. Yes, and and mm. so he um, yeah he's very generous and and honest, and we have had our discussions and. Um, no, he, he was just messaging me some really sweet things about it. But, um, and, and, but we, it, because we had the basis of, basis of friendship that I think we got through. Right. Um, and we've been married, gosh, uh, this summer will be 20 years.
1: Yay. Really? I know, right? Oh my gosh. If I had a little champagne popper thing, I'd be like, boop, <laughs> <laughs> ah! no, <Nice. laughs> <laughs>
3: But yeah, um. So uh, wow. we kind of went through the ringer together, though. Right. So, right. Yeah, and then he's got his own version of stuff, which he may share with you someday. He's already said he would do that
0: Aww. Really? <laughs> yeah. He would? Yes. Sign on scene. man, I just got people volunteering to spill their guts all over the place. Volunteers. It's amazing. Well,
3: he has a really interesting perspective because, um, you know, I was overdosed in the hospital, and they had to do the crash cart thing. Yeah, and um, he witnessed that. Yeah, um, and um, you know that first year after my daughter was born, and all that time I spent in the hospital, and she even learned to walk in the hospital. Yeah, which I am part proud of and part ashamed of mm-hmm. that fact. Yeah. Um, depending on the day. Yeah. Um, he was that's the one that that's that's I, think, I think <laughs> right.
2: kid <laughs> when you when you're a mom with a disease, it's like you literally spend one day feeling like oh, I'm superwoman, and the next <laughs> day you're like, oh my god, I suck.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but it was his fingers that she was hanging on to, walking yeah. through the hospital around and around and around. Yeah. So he um you know, he was He was always solid when I was not.
0: Right. And I always say, marriage is not 50-50. No. Marriage is 90-10. And sometimes you're the 90 and sometimes you're the 10.
3: Yes, I equate it to, you know, those helium balloons. And then they have that little thing at the bottom Mm -hmm. that keeps it on the earth. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we take turns being the balloon. Yes, and the anchor. Yes. Yeah,
0: you absolutely have to look at it that way. It's so crazy
2: because... (laughs) <laughs> I was told that, you know, at during that time that I wasn't doing my part. Yeah. Mm. And that always sticks with me. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we're fine now and we're friends and we've always been friends. I think that was the biggest, I think that was the hardest part for both of us mm-hmm. was losing that friendship friend. because mm-hmm. we were we were very, very close. Yeah. But you know, I look at other people and how things happen. I watched my, you know, my grandparents and this guy that I was seeing a while ago, his, his father had Parkinson's and his mother took care of him for a very long time. Yeah. You know, my grandmother took care of my grandfather for a while. You know, I look at my great aunt right now. She's taking care of her husband. You know, my uncle has Parkinson's. She's been helping him out. She's, this this is just what happens, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like that for a while and sometimes it's not. Right. And mm-hmm. it switches, and I think that that's mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, you have to take into consideration that, that also that not everybody can handle that. Not yes. everybody can
0: handle it. And and that's okay. The community is rife with people who have struggled with that and have lost their partners. Because of what has gone on, and it's tough, and it is tough, and you know, um, it, it, it can be easy to just place blame, but when you are young and you get married and you are thinking you're going to have this life, and then all of a sudden, how does that take a wrong Wrong turn turn. on the way to Albuquerque, and it's not what you signed up for necessarily. So.
3: There are times when, and I spoke to him about it, where he didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. This is not the relationship that either of us had envisioned. Mm-hmm. I felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. He felt like he was a failure because he didn't know what to do either. Yeah. And so that's just one of those cracks that it seeps into. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, but you're either going to sink or swim. Yeah. You know. And sad part is some people just... They can't handle it, right. you know, and that's that's tough. Yeah, and it's, it's really tough.
0: But it's better too, I think, to recognize it and move on. Everybody deserves to carve out the life for themselves that yeah, that, that they, they need want. to mm-hmm. have.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, you wouldn't if, if you know somebody really can't be there for you, and we all deserve partners that can. Mm-hmm. Um, That 90 when we need them to be the 90.
1: Yeah. You know, because
0: us here, when we're the 90, man, we're out, we're making stuff happen. (laughs) You know, we're, uh, dude, we're rocking and rolling. Yeah, but when you
2: hit that, you know, that 10%, when you're at that
0: 10, (sighs) it's not easy. No. You need somebody who's going to be there with you. Yeah. All right, we're nearing the end of our time, but I just want to get everybody real quick. To say your internet handles so that you can be found when people want to talk to you more about your experience. So, Christy.
3: Okay, I'm Christy Stone at Crony Baloney
2: on Twitter. Uh, I'm <laughs> Brooke.
1: <laughs> I'm Brooke Abbott at Crazy Jamie. And I'm Jamie from, uh, I'm on Twitter at Jamie Editor, and you have to spell Jamie like Jaime because I can't make anything easy.
0: (laughs) And you have to fix the autocorrect, as I have to do about five times a day. Absolutely. So, and of course, there's me, your host. You can find me on the interwebs at About IBD. Just Google. Just use the Google. You'll find us. (laughs) on the electric machine with the Googles. (laughs) So, thanks, everybody. This was an amazing conversation. And uh, I'm glad that you're here with me in the same room. And I hope we get to do it again.
1: Yay! Thanks.